Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC talent show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the Wikipedia page for 1967 NFL Championship Game. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Bernardo, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe. And I'd like to thank an Instagram follower, Laura Elaine, for suggesting this article. Thanks, Elaine. You also suggested another one that we will be getting to soon. Laura Elaine, two first names. Way to go. Way to go, Laura. So this is a super long article, and so I cut it down to what I think is interesting because I don't find football interesting. Um, <laughs> Sorry if you do, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> um, Victor Victor does not find it interesting either, so I tried whoa, to make this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Speak for yourself. Don't speak for me. How you dare like you? don't like football. What? You don't like football. I don't, It's not that I dislike football. I actually like hanging out at football games with my family. Okay. I but I don't seek out football normally. I used to play football. You did? Yeah. When? When I was younger, a kid. What was your position? I was a forward. Oh. Yeah, I don't even know if that's what I was anymore. <laughs> was I a forward? No, I don't know if it was. What was it? It was I was really young though. I was like like when I, I used to idolize football when I was like a really little kid. Really? Until I understood what it was and then I was like, Oh, I like this. Yeah. But when I was little like, I think it was like eight or nine or something when I played football. Aw, peewee football. Like, I was like, football is great. But then I was like, oh, I don't actually like football, so. Yeah. Yeah, I just said that. Victor doesn't like football. And you just said it yourself. Yeah, I just don't want you to speak for me. 
Well, I wouldn't have if I wasn't absolutely sure. But anyway, neither of us like football all that much. So I picked some interesting sections and this is the day after the Super Bowl. So I don't remember who's playing, but go team. Rachel likes eating poop right out of the toilet. Uh, It's true. It helps build my immune system. 1967 NFL Championship Game. The 1967 NFL Championship Game was the 35th NFL Championship played on December 31st at Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's almost 1968. It determined the NFL's champion, which met the AFL's champion in Super Bowl II then formally referred to as the second AFL-NFL World Championship game. The Dallas Cowboys, 9-5 champions of the Eastern Conference, traveled north to meet the Western champion Green Bay Packers, 9-4-1, the two-time defending league champions. It was a rematch of the previous year's title game and pitted two future Hall of Fame head coaches against each other, Tom Landry for the Cowboys and Vince Lombardi for the Packers. The two head coaches had a long history together as both had coached together on the staff of the late 1950s New York Giants, with Lombardi serving as offensive coordinator and Landry as defensive coordinator. Because of the adverse conditions in which the game was played, the rivalry between the two teams and the game's dramatic climax, it has been immortalized as the Ice Bowl and is considered one of the greatest games in NFL history NFL 100 Greatest Games ranked this game as the third greatest game of all time. It is still the coldest game ever played in NFL history. Oh, this just got super interesting. Mm-hmm. Leading up to the 50th anniversary of the game, NFL Films released an episode of its timeline series about the events that day and the lasting impact. The episode is narrated and co-produced by filmmaker Michael Meredith, whose father, Don Meredith, was the quarterback for the Cowboys that day. And now we're going to go down to weather. And we thought talking about the weather was boring. The Ice Bowl. Weather. The game became known as the Ice Bowl because of the brutally cold condition. The game time temperature at Lambeau Field was about negative 15 degrees Fahrenheit negative 26 degrees Celsius, with an average wind chill around negative 48 degrees Fahrenheit, negative 44 degrees Celsius, under the revised National Weather Service Wind Chill Index implemented in 2001, the average wind chill would have been negative 36 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 38 degrees Celsius. Lambeau Field's turf heating system malfunctioned And when the tarpaulin was removed from the field before the game, it left moisture on the field. The field began to freeze gradually in the extreme cold, leaving an icy surface that became worse as more and more of the field fell into the shadow of the stadium. Wow. The heating system, made by General Electric, cost $80,000 and was bought from the nephew of George Hallis, George S. Hallis, citation needed on the sidelines before the game some dallas players believed that lombardi had purposely removed power to the heating coils the heating system would eventually be given the moniker lombardi's folly the prior convention to prevent the football field from icing up was to cover the field with hay i didn't even know that football stadiums had turf heating systems especially back then 
Well, it seems like that they didn't have one. Well, they did. It just wasn't on or working. Right, and it said that the system was bought before the game on the sidelines, and then what? And then it didn't work. I guess. The Wisconsin State University Lacrosse, now the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, Marching Chiefs Band was scheduled to perform the pregame and halftime shows. However, during warm-ups in the brutal cold, the woodwind instruments froze and would not play. The mouthpieces of brass instruments got stuck to the players' lips, and seven members of the band were transported to hospitals for hypothermia. The band's further performances were canceled for the day. Packer linebacker Dave Robinson recalled that the field did not really get bad until the second half, saying that since the halftime show was canceled, there was no traffic on the field for an extended period to keep the surface crust broken up. During the game, an elderly spectator in the stands died from exposure. <laughs> Go home, dude. Wow. So you've spent a good amount of years of your life living in Minnesota, right? Yes. Does it get like this regularly? Yes. Wow. Minnesota's cold. Yeah. At least once a year, you're facing stuff like this. Wow. But I imagine most people are not having to wear football uniforms and no jackets or anything. I believe when it's cold, football players wear extensive gear. I can't say I know. Like uh, skin-tight suits that are warm to keep them warm and stuff like that. Oh, well, I can't say I know anything about it. Okay. Interesting info. Prior to the game, many of the Green Bay players were unable to start their cars in the freezing weather, forcing them to make alternate travel arrangements to make it to the stadium on time. Linebacker Dave Robinson had to flag down a random passing motorist for a ride. The officials for the game found they did not have sufficient clothing for the cold and had to make an early trip to a sporting goods store for earmuffs, heavy gloves, and thermal underwear. Packers quarterback Bart Starr attended an early church service with his father, who had visited for the game, and as Starr later said, quote, It was so cold that neither of us talked about it. Nobody wanted to bring it up. Why didn't they just schedule the game? It was the Super Bowl. I mean, I get it, but extenuating circumstances. It wasn't even the Super Bowl yet. It was just the championship game. It was the Super Bowl championship game. Okay. That is very important to a lot of people. Sure. But it was only the second one. Yeah, but it's not just them playing that game at that moment. It's displacing millions and millions of dollars, too, for a lot of people. So there's probably a lot of pressure on people to pull off the game. Even in 1968? What I think I want to say is that I think it's the coldest it's ever been. So I think they learned their lesson and they're not doing that anymore. <laughs> okay. I mean, it sounds like it. It sounds like this was the one where it's like, okay, we shouldn't do that ever again. We'll find out. Hopefully. Yes. The officials were unable to use their whistles after the opening kickoff. As referee Norm Schachter blew his metal whistle to signify the start of play, it froze to his lips. <laughs> As he attempted to free the whistle from his lips, the skin ripped off and his lips began to bleed. The conditions were so hostile that instead of forming a scab, the blood simply froze to his lip. That's one way to cause a blood clot to start your healing. 
For the rest of the game, the officials used voice commands and calls to end plays and officiate the game. Nothing was immune from the cold. At one point during the game, CBS commentator Frank Gifford remarked, I'm going to take a bite of my coffee, as it too had frozen in his mug. <laughs> take a bite of my coffee. That's great. Media. The game was televised by CBS with play-by-play being done by Ray Scott for the first half and Jack Buck for the second half, while Frank Gifford handled the color commentary for the entire game. Pat Summerall and Tom Brookshire served as sideline reporters. Gifford and Summerall were intimately aware of the personality differences that existed between Landry and Lombardi because they had both played on the New York Giants during Landry's and Lombardi's tenure at the Giants. Over 30 million people would tune in to watch the game. Citation needed. This is giving me some education about Landry, because all I really know about him is Tom Landry Middle School in King of the Hill. No copy of the complete telecast is known to exist. Some experts, such as the announcer's pregame comments on the fill, were saved and are occasionally re-aired in retrospective features. The Cowboys radio broadcast on KLF with Bill Mercer announcing and the Packers radio broadcast on WTMJ with Ted Moore announcing still exist. Nobody thought to, like, preserve a telecast of this obviously historic game? I I don't think it was obviously historic at the time. I think it was just like, wow, wow, this is crazy. Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message while you compulsively save every moment of your life. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Thank you for listening to that message, everybody. Okay, so I am thoroughly impressed by this Wikipedia page, first of all. Me too. Laura Elaine, was that right? Yes. Yeah, Laura Elaine. Great pick. Really interesting stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Laura. And now we're going to Aftermath. All right, let's go to Aftermath. This game was crazy. You know how the sections I chose have very little actual football details. That's totally fine because it is a football story. So it's like the most exciting sections wrapped around a giant football game. So it's actually, it's it's a great choice of sections, I would say. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, ChatGPT, for helping me figure that out. <laughs> nice. Aftermath. Emotionally, both the Packers and Cowboys players were spent. In the Packers' locker room, the players openly wept. Wow, that's amazing. 
Kramer told interviewers, quote, Many things have been said about Coach Lombardi, and he is not always understood by those who quote him. The players understand this is one beautiful man. Packers linebacker Ray Nietzsche developed frostbite in his feet, causing his toenails to fall off and his toes to turn purple. Yikes. Bart Starr had frostbite on his fingers, and several Packers players were suffering from flu-like symptoms. Cowboys George Andre, Willie Towns, and Dick Daniels also suffered frostbite from the game. Wow. Yeah, I think this is where they learned their lesson. Yeah, yeah. The furthest thing from Starr's mind was the thought of playing in the AFL-NFL World Championship game. To him, this was the Packers' championship game. Green Bay went on to finish the postseason by easily defeating the American Football League AFL champion Oakland Raiders 33-14 in the second AFL-NFL World Championship game. Brookshire and other journalists went into the winning locker room for post-game interviews. At some point, journalists had become aware of the significance of the block kramer and Bowman had placed on Pew. Of the 11 cameras, Ed and Steve Sable set up to film the game. The pivot and motion capabilities of camera 5 had become frozen by the time Star's sneak occurred. This particular camera, however, was fortuitously positioned to offer a perfect view of the block. CBS had been replaying the block repeatedly and had been giving the TV audience a detailed perspective of the workings of the offensive and defensive line. That's like when Derek Jeter, like, fell into the stands. I'm not aware of when Derek Jeter fell into the stands. As far as I know, to this day, like, I was, I happened to be watching the game. Wait, wait. I do not want you to tell me about when Derek Jeter fell into the stands. I wasn't going to. I was just relating this to, like, I happened to be watching this game live when it happened, when I didn't watch every single baseball game. And ever since then, during, like, sports commercials, they tend to play that clip of him falling into the stands. He, uh, he's a meme. He is a meme. Thanks, Derek Jeter. Frank Gifford recounted in his 1993 autobiography, The Whole Ten Yards, that he requested and received permission from CBS producers to go into the losing locker room for on-air post-game interviews, a practice unheard of in that era. Gifford, as a New York Giants player and a broadcaster, already enjoyed a friendship with Meredith, and he approached the quarterback for his thoughts on the game. The exhausted Meredith, in an emotion-choked voice, expressed pride in his teammates' play and said, in a figurative sense, that he felt the Cowboys did not really lose the game because the effort expended was its own reward. That's loser talk. Gifford wrote that the interview attracted considerable attention and that Meredith's forthcoming and introspective responses played a part in his selection for ABC's Monday Night Football telecast three years later. Citation needed. Defensive tackle Bob Lilly took a different view, telling reporters that the Cowboys were a great team except that they could not win the big one. Wide receiver Lance Rensel later remarked that on the that on the team plane home from Green Bay to Dallas's Love Field, not one word was spoken the entire flight. It sounds like they just went through hell. Yeah, I think so. And now we're going to go to Legacy. Legacy. The game was the end of an era and the beginning of another. This would be the last year the NFL championship game was considered more important than the AFL-NFL World Championship game, for in the following year, 
Joe Namath and the New York Jets staged an upset victory over the Baltimore Colts that would bring the AFL to full legitimacy and validate the merger of the two leagues that had been agreed upon in 1996 and would be consummated in 1970. What does that mean, being consummated? I don't know exactly. I'm not, but I think it's just interesting terminology. True. Landry, along with others, believed that football games should never be held in weather conditions so harsh. In the post-merger era of the NFL, the World Championship game, as the Super Bowl is officially called, would be offered to cities on a bid and no outdoor stadium in a cold-weather city would be offered the World Championship game until 2013 when MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, hosted Super Bowl 58 on February... Wait, was that 58? XLV. Man! I think it's... Look at you struggling with the Roman numerals for once. Listen, at least I can read Roman numerals. I'm, I'm going to Google it. It's 48. 48. See? See? When MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, hosted Super Bowl 48 on February 2nd, 2014... The NFL, reflecting the impact the Ice Bowl had on the sport, considered the selection of MetLife Stadium to be a one-off occasion. Fortunately, the temperature at kickoff was a balmy 49 degrees, and the game just missed a snowstorm that came the following day. Let's not forget that MetLife Stadium, home to the New York Giants and the New York Jets, is in New Jersey. So they're really New Jersey-based teams, but nobody likes to talk about that. Well, apparently you do. I I do, because it's the New Jersey Giants and the New Jersey Jets who share that stadium. I'm salty about it. Just like the Statue of Liberty is also in New Jersey. Oh, I've checked out of this conversation. That's fair. And that's where we're going to end it for today. It's a long article, though. Feel free to check it out. Great choice, though, of an article. So thanks a lot, Laura Elaine. Thanks, Laura Elaine. And we're recording this before the Super Bowl. So hang on. Who played the Super Bowl? Who is playing the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. So congratulations on your win, 49ers. This has been the Wikipedia page for 1967 NFL Championship Game. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten. Except for X, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Check us out on YouTube and don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your weather-appropriate clothing. If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We'll read it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.